0: what are the skill sets the aesthetics the physical body of the contemporary dancer as we know of today what politics is the body producing what are the references used what is the experience and knowledge preferred what kind of dancers and embodied knowledge are we working with and reproducing what is contemporary dance training where does it happen how can institutions support the demands? How can we include trans, queer and non-normative bodies and work with physical and artistic knowledge that bodies are containing? How are the up-and-coming reading groups affecting production and infrastructure of the community?
1: Welcome to the second episode of Navigante. My name is Karina Sarkisova and I am hosting this podcast. And uh, our guest today is Clara Utke Arch. We will be speaking about who is the contemporary dancer. This is an ongoing discussion dialogue that we have
0: together. Um, Clara, would you like to say something about you? Hello. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. I'm very excited to be here. My name is Clara, and I am currently based in Stockholm, where I study at Stockholm Universities of the Art, a doc in the institution of dance. I study dance performance. I have my background in dancing from a quite young age, but have also been exploring other kinds of artistic expressions as for example, immersive performance. Then I uh, have been a part of initiating an initiative called Posse, which is a weekly dance and reading group taking place in Stockholm for the past almost two years every Tuesday. Yeah, Posse is something that I, uh, I've i been joining
1: and I, I really find the initiative very intriguing and interesting. That you are like within your school, you have this extracurricular reading group. Where actually like different people from the department is meeting together and studying
0: together. And also inviting in guests and like freelancers and other uh, people interested in dance in the Stockholm scene. So uh, how we do it is that we were initially four initiators, um, me and Tamara Allegra, Luis Pusset. Chloe Schickner and I who initiated Pussy uh, 2 years ago and then every time Pussy is hosted by a new host you never have to be prepared it's not continuous in that way but it's continuous in the sense that we are exploring what does it mean to read and to dance together and how can we explore different forms that that might take and trying to be quite consistent to, to make this meeting space where people know that they can go and they can find us and whoever is there.
1: Yeah, and, and also this ongoingness is uh, it's a good way to, to gather around something. And I, Karina Sarkisova, I am a choreographer, but I also do curatorial practices and contextual work. Today we are in uh, Östberga, in Stockholm. It's uh, the night before New Year's. And also you and me, Clara, we have this um, interest of, of dance disc- discourse in general and kind of feel that dance needs more discourse and more voices to produce discourse in different ways. Therefore, like to think about who is the contemporary dancer is a um, dialogue that we have an ongoing. And... Um, I want to speak a little bit about how we came to this. Like at least in 2011, I made a piece called Standards. It was a dance piece for five, no, four dancers. It was when I was studying choreography. I was in the Spring Dance Festival visiting Susan Foster. We think her name now is Susan Lee Foster. She had a lecture on um, uh, the hired body in the spring dance festival in 2011 that like that lecture really influenced a lot on my work or that piece Clara you are studying a, a BA in dance so you are somehow like also um like a
0: point of interest but also a subject a subjectivity that we are discussing here i'm immersed into kind of this uh, one of the centers of what it means to be an instit- institutionalized dancer to a certain extent like uh, in a position where the institution is definitely uh, unescapable because you have to meet up every day and do your moves or whatever moves are proposed yeah
1: Yeah, and also you are like a dancer in 2018 and uh, I went to dance high school in Stockholm and then I went to a dancer's education in Finland but that was 2000. Four, I started high school and 2007 I went one year to dancer's education and then I started to study choreography in Amsterdam. So uh, somehow I went through a dancer's body but like way back and I think that this Our idea of who our discussion about who is the contemporary dancer is this this disposition between like me being uh, an old dancer, let's say, like, like, let's say 10 years ago, I was studying dance and you
0: are studying it now and somehow the compass of this. Yeah, maybe it's also worth mentioning because we before uh, studying this, we were talking about the notion uh, situated knowledge from Donna Haraway which is a notion that I find very useful in my work. She also in line with that she also says that it it, uh, it matters what thoughts we think our thoughts with. So like oh, to both point towards what are our references but also what is, from what point are we speaking? Yeah,
1: I have the quote here. I can read it for you. This is actually Kai Salavase kerner in her book, Walking Along, Wandering Off and Going Astray. She, this is a quote from her book on Haraway. Situated knowledges are produced in the positioning of our partial perspective of the world, how it matters from which position you look at something. Her reasoning points out that a perspective on a matter is always part of a social construct. The privilege of a partial perspective lies in the very claiming of it, the announcement of where you have spoken from. In her critique to the claims of the Western tradition to an objective science and dictonomic thinking, where phenomena are studied from a distance in order to reveal supposedly objective facts or the actual truths of the world, politicizing science and knowledge production and introduces the cyborg figure as an alternative to dichotomies.
0: Yes. So, with that being said, um, originally I'm not from Stockholm. I'm a, I'm an immigrant from uh, Copenhagen. I'm born and raised in in Copenhagen in Denmark, and from where I also had my early dance background. In started out with belly dancing, and then ballet and contemporary dance. Uh, then I think what was very formative for me and my dancing today is, is in fact that I, I had a three years break in my teenage years where I decided not to dance and I uh, dove more into performance art and, and immersive performance and with the independent scene of Copenhagen. And after that I went one year to study in a program in Berlin where also encountered a big part of the visual arts scene that is occupied with performance and feminist theory, such as the Young Girl Reading Group, which was also has been one of initiatives inspiring the establishment of Posse later on, where we would meet up every Sunday in Ekle Kulbukajte and Dorota Gavetas in their bedroom and, and read feminist theory together. And then... After that, I had uh, I had one year of illness, which was also has also been very formative about how I think about the the body. Since I'm living with a chronic illness called ulcerative colitis, and kind of the repercussions that this these outbreaks have on my body. And after that, I moved to I decided to go back to studying, and I moved uh, to Stockholm, here, yeah, where I'm studying now.
1: Yeah, you have um, you have this interesting. Um way of speaking that like the dancer is like this overly abled body and then you also live with like a chronic disease also in the same time. The situated knowledges becomes an interesting place.
0: The non-normative body is not always only positioned in one way to the hegemonic structures but you can be situated in in several ways in relation to these uh, hegemonic uh, (laughs) tendencies. And, and this is also uh, what I explore now in my bachelor project, which I'm writing and making at the moment. And the question of uh, what it means to be well and what it means to be ill in relation to, to the dancing body and the dancing subjects and what ghosts we're dancing with.
1: Hmm. let's talk about what do we mean when we speak about the contemporary dancer and who is the contemporary dancer i think we speak about an institutionalized professional body let's say or like a a body that is being cultivated for a professional scene and also that is being produced into a professional sphere also a body that has several skill sets it is cultivating and working with And would you like to add something?
0: Yeah, I think it's also somehow to see this question of uh, who is the contemporary dancer as a motive for generating discourse, as you were mentioning in the beginning and and kind of uh, thinking of this archetype or this kind of cultural trope as a starting point for a discussion and a critical approach to the current conditions of contemporary dance.
1: I have this text. It's an interview with Susan Foster on the implicit politics of dance, training and choreography. which was in uh, the magazine Masca, number 141-142, uh, released autumn 2011. Susan is in an interview with Katya Siegori. I'm going to c- quote a few quotes from this text, then we will um, talk about them. Here comes the first quote. I was asked by Spring Dance to revisit this notion of the hired body hired body. And I proposed to look at the hired body in the context of the global stage and to focus specifically on how it might be influencing dancing form around the world produced on that stage. From that perspective, it appears to me that the hired body has morphed into three new kinds of bodies. The balletic body, the industrial body and the released body. The balletic body cultivates. Geometry of shape and the standard notions of virtuosity associated with high extensions of the legs. Weightless jumps and multiple turns. The industrial body emphasizes its labor and its sexiness while selling itself. And the released body promotes a neutrality and efficiency of execution that it dis- encumbers the dancer from being committed to what it is dancing about. For each of these three hegemonic bodies, I also proposed counterexamples, approaches to dancing that context or undermines the working of global uniformity and spectacle.
0: When you read it out loud now, um, I think very much of uh, of this industrial body as somehow being very present in in a in a dance context at the moment, at least uh, from what I see, uh, together with the. Uh, with the released body but i think in terms of the industrial body can also be seen as something that is very much talking or in the same discourse as the as like identity politics and these kind of questions and questions of uh, yeah sexiness maybe not only understood as as kind of like um sexy movement but also kind of like tendencies in a greater discourse somehow and people that live up to that but also fetish there is around certain personality traits and and certain features of specific bodies and their histories yeah
1: Yeah, and also, like, this was, we we talked about this also, but um, this was 2011. It was not that long ago. It was 10 years ago that this analysis was brought to a dance festival. I I find the categorization interesting to, to look at the production of it. I also feel like many topics of today is about this kind of acceleration of capital, of commercialization, all of these three Things are somehow becoming like accumulated in itself. And then we were also talking that the released body is not anymore a released body.
0: Or it's, I would say it's more that there are certain techniques popping up now that more or less derives from released body. But to add on to this, maybe also the body occupied with the body work, like the somatic body and these kind of practices that come from a slightly different historical trail, but but that has also the past few years been highly institutionalized, I would say also in there both in terms of them being very present in educations, but also like certain aesthetics being connected to what somatic practices means. In that sense also it's a somatic body that has been accumulated.
1: Because I did a lot of release technique and like somehow have encrypted in my body a lot of practices of release technique of how to go efficiently down to the floor and up from the floor. And then I see that you are not studying
0: that so much, right? No. I mean we have few classes that are like called a bit like Swedish. There a lot of people are still calling contemporary dance from modern dance. Mm-hmm. I think that is more something we we are studying for the reason of having certain continuous practices and revisiting certain materials
1: but somehow the aesthetics gone somehow
0: yeah or or it has i think more it has become one out of many aesthetics and many techniques and it's not that predominant as it sounds like at the time where you were studying, yeah. and then maybe it's worth mentioning for listeners who are maybe not so uh, familiar with these terms that somatic techniques is like also there. There are like various techniques that deals with uh, the body and the anatomy of the body, and and deals with the movement patterns of the body as well as almost like the consciousness of of your body rather than like the rational. Mind
1: like the staticized body or the execution, but it's more about generating internal processes.
0: And for some of them, like for example, Klein technique or Alexander technique, there are certain tendencies towards getting back to your baby body. You're revisiting like these very first steps, and and from time to time also a discourse that that points towards notions of neutrality or notions of coming back.
1: Or like coming back to using the body as if somehow society is not using the body and becoming more physical through going back to a certain knowledge that you had before you stopped moving, let's say.
0: Yes, which is also, I think, very much in line with the released body and in the sense that it's a lot about unlearning what society taught you or what the kind of tension patterns. But also, I think it's worth mentioning the notion of, of authenticity, which it I think it also has in common with the released body to move closer to some sort of uh, authenticity In quotation marks.
1: (laughs) Here comes another quote from Susan's interview. In the late 80s, dance training initiated a process that produced what I called the hired body. Dancers would train in ballet, but also in contact improvisation. Hip-hop was not so popular at the time, but they would train in martial arts and yoga, and then they would develop what I call a rubbery, resilient body. A body that could do anything. But this also meant that now many choreographers would be working with some range of dance techniques at their disposal, and thus each choreographer's work started to look more similar to all the others. From the late 80s started a process of... Like uniforming the, the body or the dance body or making like making a certain skill sets towards a body that can do a lot.
0: Or I think a skill set that is uh, yeah considered the fantasy of the dancer that is so virtuosic that they could do anything in whatever time frame. Uh, that they can just step in and go and that their technique is not or their dancing skills are not necessarily so tightly rooted into a specific tradition but that they they that they kind of master several of these more or less eurocentric uh, dance techniques and also
1: somehow, because choreographers are contemporary freelancers, choreographers are almost like visual artists nowadays, somehow, like almost working in the same frame as visual artists in the like on the level of residency, on the level of how long a project is, which is six weeks, if you're lucky, like the, the, the economical production of it all is, is a very contained, short lived process.
0: Which of course also then affects uh, the position of the dancer and what What kind of understanding and what kind of agency does the dancer have inside of these frames?
1: To be able to like produce material themselves or have like their own kind of... Vocabulary that they bring
0: into and that that it becomes this kind of sharing process almost uh, that you act within the frame of this choreographer, which also means that people or dancers often can become kind of... uh, Tokens in a certain way.
1: Here is another in another quote from the interview with Susan Foster. The function of the choreographer in general has changed in the last twenty to thirty years. Choreographers have become collaborators and managers of careers, so they are responsible for getting the different funding for the project and collaborating with the funders, the producers, the dancers, and the authors of the other media they are working with that is very different from the way that early modern dance choreographers used to work when they had a specific vision and a patron who would support that vision and the dancers who were instruments for executing it. Now the dancers are often co-creators with the choreographer, however I think that this also masks over the fundamental differences in terms of who gets credited for the piece, who gets famous and how people advance in their profession end quote yeah so it kind of confirms what we just spoke about
0: yeah and i think to add on because this was mainly speaking of like the position of the choreographer but i i think there's certainly double-edged sword in the sense that dancer in certain aspects have gained more agency and more artistic space inside of of works and can have more of a say at the same time as as they're also being highly instrumentalized in a new way. And and as she says, like that there is in general a question of how to credit these artworks and how to deal with this authorship both in the artistic process and in terms of marketing or publicity and these kind of questions. The contemporary dancer is also a nomadic subject. <laughs> I mean, if we think about like, what are the consequences of these structures that Susan is partly describing? And from our experience of, of having these shorter processes, of having residencies, et cetera, et cetera, I would say more of some places than others, a, a scarcity of, of resources for the people engaged in the scene. I think nomadism is a part. It's one of the effects of, because of the short working periods. It's not like that the wages have been high and a lot for the dancers, which means that you will, need to collaborate with more different choreographers or artists and often you cannot sustain yourself within one locality and the artist there
1: do you think this is something in all arts in visual arts and dance art or do you think it there is something specific about economics that somehow dictates this also
0: yeah i mean i think i think it's definitely that nomadism is very present in in within visual arts but i think maybe there's a greater tradition of this kind of Nomadism or traveling in visual arts compared to if we think of the company dancer, for example, that will sustain themselves within a company and living as an employee and therefore perhaps touring with the company, but not necessarily like traveling to get work. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely a change.
1: Deleuze would say some, try to make it into some kind of a freedom and liberation of the self and things like this. I also like, I have friends that are basically homeless and have been homeless for 15 years, let's say, and they're living in a suitcase in order to be able to make work. Somehow, like, there is this choice between like either you you are devoted to a locality where you have to produce a context within and you get really busy with like I very much identify myself with that subject or you travel a lot and for a long time
0: yeah I think it's, yeah, there there can definitely be this this kind of curiosity of working in different places, etc, etc. But I think, of course, it also has to do a lot with the market and how it is now with airlines that it's actually affordable for much more people to travel. So you kind of you have these, I was thinking on my way here about the notion, uh, uh, precarious jet setters, you know, these kind of people kind of living in airports, which has usually been been seen as a, a lifestyle of very rich people. But nowadays, it's I think to a much higher degree like the situation for people working in very precarious working situations for some people definitely it is a choice and there is like this kind of romantic idea of the nomadism that Deleuze also represents but I think it's also a matter of being forced to work in this kind of ways.
1: Locality also becomes something very radical for some people I don't know like I see some dancers, they very much don't want to enter a certain international market at all and try to devote themselves to a locality. But that becomes a thing so
0: But I think that that is exactly because it deviates from the norm. Yeah. I think nowadays in order to have made it, and not only in terms of like financial aspects, but also in terms of being acknowledged in the scene, like you need to go to Vienna and you need to go to Brussels and you need to go the, to the yeah. centers of Europe, yeah. to the center. Yeah. So so there is definitely something you could consider it at least theoretical radical to to somehow to insist on on staying in the periphery.
1: Also, the contemporary dancer is still a very white subject. I think we can agree on, upon.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think it's interesting in Denmark, a lot of the times when I said, ah, you're a contemporary dancer, like modern dancer. I'm not sure what that means. Are you into street dancing? I was like no uh, actually it's something else for a period of time I was involved in house dancing but somehow th- there is some um, <laughs> some truth to to this idea of like if we think about what is contemporary dance in the, the word itself like being with its time I, <laughs> my very loose uh, translation or definition of this word there is something contradicting with it being this more niche art form as it is today and very much also an elitist practice Uh, you need to know the codes and you need to have access to certain certain means in order to, to enter
1: it's dancing with ghosts like even though both you and me we would try to consider ourselves being contemporary subjects in some way or another but of course many hard like many things that we like both of us are white also and and both of us kind of speak a certain language that talks about a certain practice in a way that we agree upon together. And I find in general, like about class, about like things that don't, that are not producing the dance, but still is an important part of the dance which is like class or racism or exclusion of
0: ableism like, ageism. Yeah
1: and because dance and dancing as a practice is a very collective process. It, it's never enough for one subject to demand a certain question to be dealt with and I also find that white subjectivities want to back off a question of like racism or exclusion or practices that are excluding both like aesthetics or style or bodies. is somehow Trying not to take that space, but that is the space where it needs to be happening. Even though it's hard and it's really hard to say it in a way that will not that wouldn't offend people or make people uncomfortable, it's exactly that place that I have a big urge to to be within somehow.
0: Definitely, and I think, uh, particular these days, and also why this question comes up is that more and more contemporary dancers also have more this, like political practices and and practice uh, feminism in, in various ways. But then, of course, there is a, a big question mark when it comes to kind of this uh, segregations of the different styles and genres, and and that you have seen. I remember when I, in the time where I was dancing house, it started to be a tendency to, to appropriate certain dance styles. One of them was house dancing, but also, uh, for example, samba, Brazilian dancing. I was working with a Brazilian choreographer alessandro pereira at the time um and and i think what was interesting was that or and deeply problematic was that often these dance styles was appropriated into the context of the contemporary dance like it it kind of justified their. it was there was a sense that this justified their value as art forms by being put into this contemporary dance context and and, and its esthetic that 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 would be kind of sources of influencing rather than actually considering these stances as art forms and i'm i'm all into mashups et cetera et cetera but it, it kind of it unveils certain structures in terms of both what bodies are on stage but also who decides what art is and i think in my practice what i'm very interested in, in is how can i without trying to step out and talk about something or talking about dance how can we stay within the practice and stay inside of the dancing while while unveiling these ghosts for example ballet is a dance form where contemporary dancers are not expected to be ballet dancers but they're expected to have a certain knowledge about ballet which is still to this day, in many discourses, considered some kind of universal body with its lines and geometry, as as Susan Fuss. But also the
1: dancing body is also trying to comment ironically with a ballet move on something. Yeah, I've done this, but I don't use it. But I can joke about it because I like there are these inscribed heritages that we also have.
0: Yeah, that you need to see the familiar. If you see something experimental in terms of contemporary dance, I've encountered several like choreographers and then practitioners that like this idea of seeing something familiar so that you know that it's of the quality that you already know and I think it's important to remember that ballet as an art form even though it's now more like global or at least in a western context across the atlantics but it is also a situated art form like it that has been that was like folk dancing but that was institutionalized by like the the french king louis XIV and there's a lot of ideologies of and especially in terms of uh, royalty uh, um but also ballet stems inspired. from
1: teaching peasants to behave like or like disciplining the body and it's uniforming
0: the body what what this made me think about in relation to what narratives are produced inside of the dance world and also how is this related to certain communities it, you you spoke about how how ballet was disciplining bodies creating symmetries and i think that goes um just to take the conversation a bit back to that point, I think these symmetries—it's interesting to look at how and to investigate how how these symmetries has to do with the body and how the body is seen as symmetrical and and what kind of body is assumed to be able. To to embody this kind of technique, but also what kind of symmetries the institution of dance is creating. Ruy was like the one institutionalizing ballet and appropriating some of these folk steps in, into this institution of ballet and, and with that also creating the foundation of the idea of a dance academy. And I think that is something that can take us all the way up to today. And I think a very good example of it is in my university, Stockholm University of the Arts, one of the other departments, the dance pedagogy department, there is a street line, like there is a course in street dancing, pedagogical, for pedagogical means. It's also interesting to look at the, the fact that there is not an artistic education for street dancers, even though a lot of the people that go to the pedago- pedagogical department for street or the, the inrigning, the line mm-hmm. of street, they work as artists. And and I think then one of the recent or the past few years uh, there has been this event hosted by one of the students afra hussaini who who was starting to question the way that the street dancing was institutionalized in the department because she has a background of house, house dancing which is very much built on community and on jamming and not only on these very formalized dance classes and so she started this battle of Bochurka. Bochurka is a suburb to Stockholm where once a year the community meet up to battle which she then got support from the institution but to question how it's amazing that she's hosting this event but also it brings a lot of questions up about the way that this in particular this dance form is institutionalized and trying to fit into a symmetry that also shapes how dancing is taught and how we learn dancing. Yeah,
1: yeah I remember... In this film by Spike Lee called *Bamboozled*, so it's a very long and complicated and very interesting film, but where there is African American step dancer that he's like picked up from the streets, and then he's a character in like they are reproducing minstrel shows, and he becomes instrumentalized into reproducing minstrel shows, but he's also step dancer, and then at some point in this film, he is teaching the step dance, and everyone is like in the dance studio, so like within like institutional space, let's say, with mirror and everyone is facing the mirror in rows while he was not practicing that on the street but since he got into this TV show he had to teach everyone and everyone had to be uniformed and like and he's like complaining that they're not doing it in the same time so there is this like this switch from entering the space of the institution when dance is when you do it from like a hobby to being graded in it, it becomes something else. And I think this is the place that we're trying to to be within.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and a question of how can an institution also host non non uniformity or reinforce non uniformity? How can it host uh, various expressions without only being well,
1: a capitalistic need, let's say, or definitely.
0: Like, and also while while staying very while staying very specific about certain skill sets and and certain histories how can we acknowledge and make visible what histories and and what skill sets are being practiced and not being like no no you can dance whatever in whatever way but actually they're in that kind of blurriness there can also be a very uniforming powers mm-hmm. And for example, this question of what is authentic dance, like why, why should released improvisation be more authentic than than a hip hop battle?
1: Yeah. Let's move into like another quote in the interview with Susan Foster. In one of your lectures you said, there is no universal body or universal type of movement. Universal is an ideological operation. What is this ideological operation of universality? Here I follow post-structuralist theory. For instance, Roland Barthes in Mythologies and his other texts talks about the natural and being an ideological operation. Anybody who claims that something is natural is actually trying to push forward a particular agenda to put forward a claim that apparently doesn't need to be examined, that seems to be obvious, legitimizing something as the best or the only way. I think that universal is another of those terms that functions in a similar way. Anybody who claims something is universal is putting forward claim about something that under the guise of being universal seemingly does not call for further examination, which might shed light upon whether it really is universal or not. And then it continues on with How does this concept of universality function when it becomes the label of a specific dance technique? The label universal is a way of making a specific dance practice become the norm and justifying why it should be the norm because it is universal. For example, release technique frequently references universal concepts of anatomical structure and its relation to gravity, and these are seen as pertaining to all bodies regardless of the tradition in which they are dancing. What is masked over in the labeling of the technique as universal is the idea that it produces an efficiency of movement as if that is a desired attribute of all dancing but who is to say that all dancing should be efficient
0: i think together with the universality and this idea of the efficient body comes also idea of an ideal body or an ideal type of dancer to a certain extent what are the anatomical features that that you would expect in terms of both functionality and appearance of a dancer like what also kind of this thing of what signifies a good dancer and i think the same comes into this question when you see ballet uh, popping up or like lines and technique of ballet popping up as kind of a a show-off that also signifies some kind of a, a stamp of quality inside of a value system and i think it's definitely In a way, I would also say that it it portrays most dance forms, both the ones that are uh, considered universal, such as ballet or release technique, from actually exploring other aspects of of dancing, as well as other dance forms, such as house dancing, as we mentioned, or as I mentioned earlier, or samba, for that case. Also, from our previous conversations, we have been a bit occupied with, with this, like, emancipation of choreography that has been happening the past years and to question, okay, but what does that do to the dancing?
1: Yeah, in relation to the expanded notion of choreography, where do you place the, the dancer or the dance practice?
0: Yeah, if, if choreography can also be a societal structures or traffic lights whatever does not necessarily have to be connected to the traditional idea of uh, dancing where does that place the dancer and i know in australia people say dance maker a lot or dance artist or in in certain circles people don't talk about themselves as choreographers but rather as dance makers or dance artists and there is something to to that also in relation to how to highlight these different practices, and with that I'm meaning like artistic artistic practices.
1: I was in a, I was in a lecture by Monsell Durden. He's um, a professor of hip hop. Actually, and he spoke about the, the, the difference between history and heritage and um, history is, let's say, like a, a frame that can be sliced up or exemplified or manifested. And then heritage is something that you inherit or that you cultivate within you or that you are being given from someone else. So it's so heritage being something that you inscribe within your body and from that point you manifest and then history is something that you look out from like an external place and i think the dancer is more within the place of heritage while the choreographer might maybe be more in the speculative place of history let's say that the choreographer has more ways of appropriating frames or structures while the dancer is within this heritage and this like uh, this disciplinary heritage i think it put, like This heritage is partly like uh, protecting the dancer from the other practices that can appropriate or exotify or somehow colonize structures. But somehow also the dancer gets stuck within its own heritage. And this idea of that practice is something that is holy, let's say. Or-
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it poses a question also about like criticality and critical thinking because I think a lot of critical thinking comes from the idea of being able to step out and like the choreographer, as you mentioned, but what are the conditions for criticality in a situation where you are immersed in these structures and, and where you speak from a certain perspective of the dancer, for example, and with that also, what are the embodied knowledge that goes beyond, not beyond as in above, but 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 um but that goes beyond the questions of appearance and more into the embodied knowledge of these mm-hmm. subjects mm-hmm. um and i think there's something in terms of these questions also of of identity politics. I think the dancer is an interesting character in terms of not practice understood as how it's often used nowadays of having this, having this personal artistic venture, but rather as this repeating and really practicing steps, for example. And there is something to this repetition in certain patterns that... Uh, aligns a lot with questions of identity and how identity is reproduced down into like the small gestures that we have and I guess in that sense there can be like a critical potential in the dance and this mode of working with repeating certain patterns but also dismantling it at the same time
1: i yeah i don't i don't know how like a performing subject is it's already embodied its own identity and is performing that so however like a a subject that is performing is having the politics it's showing so how can the dancer escape identity politics
0: i don't know if the dancer can escape identity politics but i can say as much as the dancing and the situation of learning dance etc etc is already a social situation it's not a situation outside of society it is very much a social structure in itself and I think what was your concern was how to escape or how to criticize like the identity politics because
1: somehow identity politics if it's concerning like minorities or marginalized groups that's very important for them but somehow nowadays identity politics is in the hands of anyone like any person with any privilege and everyone's need like has a form to be expressed and especially like performers and how can you somehow how can you discuss this privilege while being a performing subject is somehow my question how can you performing subject deal with the identity politics
0: in a way that can criticize its own I, I don't have an answer this is just i'm not sure in in terms of dance and and the contemporary dancer so exactly what you where you're Pointing, or I get kind of the the more kind of like the the speculation of it. But in terms of this question, I'm not saying that it's, and it, I think in the welfare states of Scandinavia, it's definitely not accessible for anyone, and and definitely not when we come to a university level. Like it is very clear that there is an expectations of certain uh, references and that are very like wide middle class references and a certain language that you need or academic language also that, that is more or less assumed and that is needed in order to be considered. Um, so for sure there is one thing I think it's very important uh, what you're pointing out that it's both of course a questions of certain resources that are put aside or like that are put into dancing in in a society but then also a question of what is what is the accessibility of these kind of resources which is definitely not open or free or universal in in any sense that's for sure a difference
1: the nature of how the dancer and the embodiments that are working and at play things can become very fast very close and there i find this political field very interesting and also that's why even though I like I do choreographical practices i think that looking at the dancer is the place where you can see so many other things happening you can read through structure through the dancer
0: one of the things i f- have found intriguing and has also been a part of why i took part in initiating Posse, but which has also been promoted by others such as Eleanor Bauer and Ellen Söderhul's Nobody's Dance, is the idea of you being able to, how can we access certain artistic practices? Like how the the fact that we can actually, that we can dance to a certain extent can be shared in the way that it can that I think also, of course, it's also present in other art forms, such as music, where you whatever, jam, et cetera, et cetera. But that you can specifically work with similar things, but enter that with different kinds of heritages and, and backgrounds. Or it's possible to make it accessible. It's just not always that the effort is made for it to actually be accessible. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately but i think there is a great potential in that if if we to a certain extent manage to push the um to push the institutions and for that i think it's important to look at what are these heritages and what are what are these knowledges that come from that and what do they demand what do they need because every time we dance we enter into both our own legacy but also several other legacies like
1: yeah, contemporary dancers today are more feministic than I was or I felt very lonely like as a feministic subject when I was studying and I feel like dancers nowadays are a bit more like politically aware or angrier or uh, and also like wants to practice it not only like maintain a certain structure but they also want to practice politics and not only speaking about them so this is also something that intrigues me a lot about the contemporary dancer, that it's more feministic.
0: And also that it's not only about kind of the political statements inside of a performance or the work, but it's just as much about working with the structures that enable us to even work. Because I think I think that has been a shift a bit in generations with we'd say like 10, 20 years ago, you would have more artists kind of having these very political topics, but then when I have gotten to know more about how they work, they don't work at all in a feministic manner, or they the way that they deal with their with their collaborators is not at all following this order, but it, it stays more on this kind of ideological level, and that sense, I think also, within dance, which is, what is very important now is, is the it's also the politics of proximity of not only about the the people that are close to you but how do you do you practice these ideological ideas also on a very like one to one level and with that of course also questioning who is it that you meet in the scene, like yeah. who is it that gains access to this and not only gains access, but that can also sustain themselves inside of these structures, which is just as important as who is being recruited into these institutions. And how can we make support structures that make sure that these subjects and all of us, how can we make structures that support various subjects in actually just being able to work and being able to work with dance? I'm also dreaming
1: about um, a revolt of dancers like we're not being owned by anyone or no one is going to tell us what to do like a complete autonomy of the dancer at least like this is what I can fantasize it becoming the project of the contemporary dancer but also in another way like also things are becoming in general disciplines are diluting at the moment so everything it feels like many genres of art is like coming together.
0: Yes, and, and I think also coming together in, in questioning kind of the conditions of the institutions. I think also when you enter, for example, dancers or choreographers entering art institutions such as like Kunsthall halls or, Museums, galleries. Or
1: visual arts programmes.
0: Exactly. You also you also start to, to question these institutions in a different way while still being a part of that institution to a certain extent. I think of the notion of production and, and art production and what does it mean to produce, which is I think is often spoken about in this very in a Marxistic sense of in terms of labour, but I think I think the creation philosopher and dramaturge uh, Sergei Pistas has a very interesting take on the idea of what is artistic production like what is production in terms of the arts that we're making and that he calls it anti-production when when artists kind of reproduce the idea of an artwork or culture as it it's known and what is considered art in our society and it's it, kind of just reproducing a a status quo, whereas the actual production lies in where we can enter into the poetics of the aesthetics and and that there can be a revolt (laughs) inside of that, like a a poetic revolt. But I think at the same time, because what happens in this anti-production is for me also very tied to this kind of idea of like classical idea of political art or like of coming up with statements that you will make political art but then you will just like more or less you will just like reproduce the same kind of situation but just with different statements that somehow just reinforce the hegemony so i think for to actually revolt with poetics and aesthetics, you need to you need to start to push the walls and and to push these uh, institutions. If I understand you're right, is it that people that are like non choreographers
1: and non dancers they often talk about how they cannot read dance? Is it to become even more like unreadable? Is it that the dance needs to become the language somehow needs to be? Even more abstracted let's say than than before how would these poetics no no
0: I I think <laughs> At least not necessarily, because I think also in this in being non-readable, it makes me think of like the tyranny of structurelessness. Then again, we can get back into the same idea that there is still certain signifiers kind of lurking around. I think it's actually about being even more concrete, so to say, or like that that dance it's interesting this kind of critique of dancing being too abstract and not being readable when dancing in fact i would say is like it's very like concrete it's very material it's like its body is moving in space and
1: but it's also the hegemony of language of like spoken word being like the highest ranked communication form and if you can't re- like read it through language or through text or through spoken word it's less like it's like lower in the hegemony it's, yeah. like almost invisible the language for some reason even though like i know for people like you and me we, it's all about building codes or um creating languages but other languages than the spoken the rational the logical somehow and
0: and it's definitely a challenge like how to on un- unveil some of these structures and hegemonies through also the moving bodies. I also um, think a
1: lot like, for example, in choreography, I sometimes think that as a choreographer, you kind of throw the sheet on the ghost in order to see the ghost. So like also all these languages or like let's these codes, they are within us. We just don't speak through them. And then dance and choreography can somehow multiply those languages and voices and the bodily ways.
0: And with that said, we can go into <laughs>
1: singing. Yeah, we're gonna sing a song. Tell tell us about that.
0: Uh, so the the song is called uh, Crash Life and it was, it was written in relation to a posse session that I hosted together with uh, Lydia ozber at at Cough as a part of their Manifest Reading Edge Celebration, <laughs> uh, where we decided to make um, a karaoke consisting of pop songs written as manifestos and manifestos written into pop songs. We think that these two have... Several similarities um, in their way of speaking. So I decided to rewrite uh, the song Lush Life of Sarah Larson, And it's it's kind of a burnout edition and a shout out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you wrote this one. So we will sing the one that you made.
2: I work, work all day as if it was the last Work all day as if there was no past Doing it all day, all summer Not the way I really wanna Yeah, I'ma dance my heart until it hurts But I won't be done until it bursts Doing it all night, all summer Gonna spend it like all others It was a crash But I didn't think it I could stop Happened in a flash So I gave it up It was a crash, but I could barely stand up. I felt like trash, so I gave it up. We work all day as if it was the last. Work all day as if there was no past. Doing it all fall, all summer. Not the way we really wanna. Working for the deadline till the dawn. But we won't be done when morning comes. Doing it all night, all summer. Have to spend them like all others. It was a crash, but we didn't think we could drop Stop. We felt like trash, so, so let's give it up mm. no, no tricks, no bluffs, we just better off without them cuffs anxiety won't, won't get us, us. Um, Ooh. Yeah, yeah When low and high, please hear my cry Gotta change the system, shout, or, or we'll we will always, always worry when high went low, please make it slow. Getting, getting out of isolation. isolation.
0: We waggle day it. as
2: if it was the last. Waggle day it. as if there was no past. Doing it all day, all summer. Not, Not the way we, way we really wanna. Yeah, we we'll dance, dance our heart until they hurt, but, but we won't be done until it, until it bursts Doing it all spring, all summer. Gonna, gonna spend them like all others. others. Now I had another crash, a crash that made my soul to ash Had one time to make it through, but second time I'd be too late Now I had another crash, a crash that made my soul to ash Had one time to make it through, but third time I'd be too late ooh, ooh We work all day as if it was the last Work all day as if there was no past We're doing it all day, all summer Not the way we really wanna Working for the deadline till the dawn But we won't be done when morning comes Doing it all night, all summer Have to spend them like all others Now we had another crush A A crush that that made the the souls to ash ash. Had one time to make it through But But fourth time might be too late now we had another crash A crash that made the souls to ash Had one time to make it through But fifth time might be too late
1: Okay, so that was uh, today's episode of Navigante Thank you so much, Clara Utke-Arch
0: Thanks for having me, Karina Sakisova It
1: was really fun